the sound of that tractor means it's time for us to get to work. Welcome to the Give Us the Dirt podcast powered by Hoopah Grading Company. My name is Brandon Lindsay and I am your host. So we've had some new friends in town today and we've had the chance to, to hang out with them here at the HGC Academy in Charlotte, North Carolina. We've toured the facilities, we've had some great dialogue and collaboration about how we can work together to make the construction industry better. Now we've got him in the studio with us today to give us the dirt, or in this case, the sand. Uh, Gulfstream Construction was founded in Charleston in 1963 and has honored a tradition of responsibility and excellence as they provided top quality site and infrastructure construction services across the coastal regions of South Carolina and Georgia. This family-owned business does a little bit of everything, but specializes in civil site and infrastructure construction. Over the last 59 years, they've put one of the most impressive, and I'll even say one of the most diverse, portfolios of successful projects together that I've ever seen. On the mic today, to give us the dirt, we have Mark Hilton, president of Gulfstream Construction. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. And uh, so we, we've had a few hours to hang out today and... and uh, tour tour the academy i've got to learn a little bit about your story but we do something I'm, I'm about to learn something new right now because we do something a little unique here on the podcast instead of asking you to introduce yourself to our listeners we ask you to tell us how would your wife introduce you if she were sitting in your seat today and i asked her to introduce you what would she say uh it might depend on the day we've got three young kids so <laughs> but hopefully she would say that um uh, that i'm a hard worker that um, I'm a family man, that uh, God's first, and uh, that very uh, mission-driven, I suppose. All great things. Well, yeah, you should, you should be happy if she says all that. I hope she says that. She might say some other things. Maybe we, maybe we edit that part. I'm not sure. She's a Carolina girl, too, right? <laughs> She's a North Carolina girl. Yes, she is. Oh, good, good. Well... Before we get into Gulfstream, I want to hear a little bit about your story. You know, I know a lot about the company. I know, um, and we're going to talk about that, but I want to hear from you. How did, um, where did you grow up and how did you get into the construction business? Okay. So I grew up also in North Carolina, um, a little town called Eden, North Carolina, Rockingham County, and um, in a rural area. Um, so growing up there, I got, was exposed to a lot of, a lot of different things. Um, you know, tractors and, and, and different industry was there. Uh, and uh, sort of was prone towards math and science. Um, it was time to go to college, and so I chose NC State. Go Pack. Go Wolfpack, absolutely. And uh, started out in mechanical engineering, uh, graduated that, and, and, uh, and took a job with a design firm. And uh, was kind of in the office working in a cubicle, and, and we had a lot of windows. We were in the what was then undeveloped uh, section of, of Raleigh by the airport, RDU Airport, which was not near the size it is today. And uh, they started a site project across the street from us. So each day I'd come in and kind of watch this going on, and it looked like a lot of fun. You know, I'd see the meetings, and the, of course I had no idea what was really involved. But watching that happen... Um, Decided that I would go back and get my um, uh, civil engineering degree. So I got my master's in civil engineering from also from NC State. Uh, worked with the local heavy highway contractor there for a few years and um, eventually made my way to Charleston in 2000. So was your family in the construction business? or 
No, they were not. No, I'm 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 the first uh, in this in this industry. That's great. You yeah. just knew what you were good at. You knew what you enjoyed doing, and you found a path that put you in that position. Yeah, I like like I said, I like uh, like building things, and I really like people, and that's really what what's what's different. That's cool. Yeah, we we have a lot of folks, especially in this industry. You hear it too. You know, people that get into this industry because their grandfather did and their father did, and it's just, you know, it was a natural progression. You kind of changed the course there a little bit and got into something new. Yeah, it's fun, I, and I have a good time, and, and really love it. When did you join Gulfstream? I came in uh, two thousand. Okay. Okay. So tell me, tell me about uh, what your role there, and then tell me about your career at Gulfstream and and how you progressed through the company. Okay, so when I came to Gulfstream in 2000, I was a project manager. We were a lot smaller company at that time. Only had a few crews, and uh, the the who would become the president and myself, kind of the two project managers. And we, you know, I got to learn a lot from him the way that the, about the culture of the business and how they did business, and that turned into me becoming vice president and uh, ultimately president a few years ago. How long did it take you to do that? So you. So I was, um, I was a project manager for, uh, I don't remember exactly, eight or nine years and then transitioned to VP um, and, you know, went through that for 10 or so years. So I had a lot of time to really um, learn from, from my predecessor and sort of get my feet under me. That's incredible. I mean, that's, that's pretty fast track there. Yeah, I've been ex- extremely blessed and, you know, the market has been strong in Charleston and just surrounded by great people, including my wife, by the way. <laughs> shout out to the wife. Shout you got to do wife. that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, tell me about the company. You mentioned the people. What is uh, Gulfstream's a family-owned business, right? We are. We're a family-owned business, a wholly-owned subsidiary of the Beach Company, who, who's a family business uh, developer in the southeast. Um, and um, honestly, could not work for better people. It's uh, it's been a great company, and just surrounded by a tremendous amount of talent. And uh, it's 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 fun to go to work each day. Golly, what a great really? thing to be able to say. It's a blessing. I'm telling you, I, it's not me. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a people. It always, yeah, it's always the people, and and uh, <laughs> you know, your great leaders always give it back to them too. So, uh, it sounds like a great company. I, I I mentioned in the beginning that you guys have one of the most diverse and um, uh, portfolios that I've ever seen, and I was looking through the website at some of the projects that you guys have been a part of over the years. And it's everything. It's I mean, I'm talking aviation, uh, infrastructure, transportation, commercial, healthcare, industrial, office, retail, security, you name it, you guys have done it. Um, and then it's not just the types of projects, it's what you do on those projects, the, the scope of your services, everything from uh, the utilities, water, sewer, storm, roads, mass and fine grading, concrete, paving, like it's, you guys do it all. It's a one-stop shop. Yeah, we do. Thank you. Uh, we 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 try to be diverse for multiple reasons, uh, but a lot of that really is driven by our customers. We do we try to do what's best for the project and for the customer. So if 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 our you know go to customers uh, who use us want to do something different, we're in. It's just how can we help? Whether that's grading, whether that's acting acting as a general type contractor, where whatever that requires, maybe it's not even our scope we're in and going through that through the years and in the close alliance with uh, you know the engineers in our area most of our project managers actually all of them are engineers some are PEs Um, so we we try to form real tight alliances with the local engineering companies and with that and with the 
with the expansion and, and uh, robustness of the market, you, you naturally end up doing a lot of these things. Yeah. Those alliances and those relationships, there's nowhere in the world where those are more important than Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I tell people a lot of times, you know, I'm in constru- I'm in the construction business, but really I'm in the relationship business. You are. You're in the relationship business. But it's those relationships, and I love the fact that you talk about how your good clients, the ones that take care of you, the ones that you get that repeat business, wherever they want to go, you'll go. That's right. You'll take care of them. Absolutely. They take care of us. Yeah, so knowing that you guys have all this uh, experience and and you you dabble in all these different uh, sectors of the industry, what's your sweet spot? What's the the work that you really enjoy doing, the ones that you can be the most successful? It's it's hard to say. We... um, we, you know, we do a lot of different things. I guess the ones that, that really get me excited are the ones that are particularly difficult or that require a lot of, um, a lot of thought, a lot of planning, a lot of management. We sort of thrive on those, those type projects. I'm all for building uh, whatever, but the ones that really get me excited personally have challenges like that, that, that you really have to think your way through and look at people's strengths and apply those in the right spots. Mm-hmm. That's fun to see people succeed. And I, I'm sure you have your fair share of challenges where you're yes, at. Absolutely. Well, that's yes. good. You know, I, that's cool that you like those kinds of projects uh, because that is exactly when, when you look at what separates someone in our space, you from your competitors in that market, it's, it's that value add that you bring with your management team, your creativity and uh, your ability to solve problems. Yes, we, we really try to be a partner to our, to our um, you know, customers, and um, we try to really separate ourselves by being the, you know, the, the highest standard of professionalism, first and foremost, integrity, honesty. Sometimes that costs us. Sometimes it costs us you know, financially. Sometimes it costs us the job. I can sleep with that. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. Um, but, you know, what, it, it's hard um, – to sometimes look in the mirror and be honest, right? And I think that's important each day that me personally, uh, that I do that, and also that our company does that. Let's look at what can we do better. And I, I'm really encouraged by, you know, you know, I told you earlier from walking around your facility that uh, just the amount of thought and, um, and, and um, you know, what you guys have done here is amazing. And uh, it's very encouraging. Well, so you guys are doing some, some great things, too. And you mentioned the word partner, and I know that word gets thrown around a lot. But you guys have established some very strong partnerships uh, over the years. And no matter how good you are, you can't do it by yourself. You've got to have strong partners to be successful in this business. How have you done that? How have you built these partnerships? And what would you, what would you consider a good partnership? What does that look like to you? So I think um, a good partnership hinges on uh, trust, that, that you really have to be able to trust that, that your partner, as, as we're talking, will do the right thing and will do what's in your best interest. Sometimes that might mean that we, it costs us money, Gulfstream, we have to pay a subcontractor more or vice versa. They realize that if they get in a bind that they may have to pay more. But 
if you have that trust where you can be honest and talk about what the real challenges are, most times you can work through those things. Um, so that's that's really key. Uh, you know, being a good partner means a lot of a lot of things. But really, um, yeah, I, I tell our guys internally, you know, even when someone from accounting calls and needs something, consider that your customer, and then give that person what they need and confirm they've got what they need. And then the person in the accounting, I would say, say thank you. And the, you know, let's close the loop. Let's treat each other with respect and, uh, prof- you know, professionalism. And it's, 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 it's not a, uh, it's not something that you just say you have to do it. And it's the culture and that's really what's important. That, um, you're exactly right. People think of uh, partnerships and customer service um, from that maybe that project manager or that estimator to the client, but that's every aspect of what you do. It's it's the laborer out on the job site is it's the accounting office. It's whoever's answering the phone. It's all part of that client experience, and to be able to offer that at every level of the company, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's good partnerships require trust transparency respect and professionalism and uh you have that and then you realize the the other thing too if you've got a good partner they know that they don't have to win every time right sometimes it's okay to let somebody else win one yeah exactly and sometimes we have to lose one sometimes we have to take a hit for the better uh for for the partnership yeah 100 percent. yeah um I was looking through the uh, through the website, and you guys have an incredible safety record. Uh, you've received award after award for your safety performance. But one thing I really thought was cool, Mark, was as I'm going through the safety page on the website. I don't know the last time you've been to it, but it, it you're going through it, and you know they're usually filled with statistics and numbers and all this. There was only one number that was on your website, and that was zero. Because it, you could tell that's the only number that matters to you guys when it comes to safety. Right. Yeah, and like anyone, you know, we have challenges. What we do is dangerous work, and you really have to be aware. We spend a lot of time training. We're not immune to um, to safety problems. I, I think if people are honest, no one's immune to that. Uh, so you just try to, to, to plan your work and, and design it to where you can avoid the um the the common problem so to speak um and and it is there's a you know the culture is such that people understand that being doing unsafe things at Gulfstream is not acceptable if people do unsafe things they're not welcome here and and that i imagine you can't enforce that yourself from the office like that's got to be enforced by the team members yes that's it, it just it goes back to to culture it's a you know, I was, I guess, thinking of culture. It's an unwritten code of of, uh, of of law, almost. And you either get it or you don't. <laughs> and we, it's our job to make sure that that our employees understand the culture, know what's acceptable and what's not. And and you know, look out for the new guy on the job. Most of the accidents happen the first couple of days on the job. I'm, you were telling me about your technique early, which is brilliant with that, with the different color hard hat and. That's a great idea, and someone to shadow them. Um, you know, we're not doing that currently, but I'm, I may steal your idea. Hey, you take <laughs> it. We stole it from somebody else. So. Yeah, so gr- great idea. Uh, but that the, the culture is really – so then you don't have to be 
the police, the safety police, it's your, your whole company. You've got all of a sudden, in our case, you know, almost 300 police men That's and it. women out there. You're right. If you're trying to manage your safety program with four or five safety professionals, you're going to lose. Yeah. It's There's like the uh, it's like the game. Uh, was it the the pop a mole or whatever? You hit one yeah. here and it pops up over here. <laughs> doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. you. Everybody's got to be a safety ambassador. Yes, that's the only way it's going to work. Well, um, Charleston. So your uh, two of your primary markets, Charleston and Savannah, and every contractor out there would love to be doing work <laughs> in those two areas. That, Careful what you wish for. <laughs> I see, you know, and that's where I'm going because I've heard it all the time. Oh, it must be great to be down in Charleston, Savannah, but it's not all palmetto trees and pina coladas down there, is it? No, it's, it's, uh, it's not working. There is, uh, is difficult. Our, our soil conditions are, are, uh, very difficult water, you know, um, you know, where I grew up was rock. We have water in Charleston, and uh, a lot of it, you know, we're in, in some cases, for example, on the battery project downtown, we're literally holding back the Atlantic Ocean. So it, it you, you're, you know, but not only surface water or water like that, but groundwater, which fluctuates tidally. So um, that that's the biggest challenge, um, the soil conditions and how you handle that. Um, but, um, you know, Charleston's a uh, very strong market, very, very tight-knit market, uh, very close. And Savannah, uh, we've only been there a couple of years, but um, it's the same way. And, you know, we're the, the new man down there, but it's, it's very evident that there are very uh, close, tight-knit relationships. And, you know, I, I respect that. I, I not, we're not trying to go uh, to, to change anything about that. We, we want to be a good, uh, a good member of in a, in a responsible uh, part of of that society, um, you know, construction and, and otherwise, and really raise the bar in our industry. That's that's the only way to get into those markets and those communities is that you got to be accepted by the people that are there. You got to be embraced by them because they can run you out. Absolutely. If you're not, and you guys, I want to talk about that. You brought that up, but you know, you've done a great job of. of uh, providing opportunities for people to to build a career in construction in these different communities but you're also investing back into these communities you guys do a lot in the nonprofit space you do a lot to invest back in the communities talk to us a little bit about that because i know that's that's something you're extremely passionate about i am yeah i mean not to get <laughs> but uh you know that that's a responsibility that we have it, it's uh it's something that that we should do as individuals and as, a, as corporations and um you know we um we, we get a lot of a lot of um, people asking us to donate to things and so we have to sort of you know um you know i guess guide those in direction and, and run it through sort of the lens about what what are our core values and what are we here for um sure we will sponsor you know the 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 uh, someone's son or daughter's playing softball fine but really like where, where are you putting the dollars and, and where, where can you get the most, the most bang for the buck? Right. And, um, so we, we, um, we take that very seriously and, and we really feel like it's our uh, duty. In fact, to, to be responsible with that. I do too. I do too. And, and, you know, it's important for us to invest back in the communities in which we work and live. And I, so much more today than ever before. It used to be Nobody asked about that. In fact, our industry, we were so bad about it. We didn't want to be 
out there. We didn't want anybody to know that we were there. You know, we kind of yeah. wanted to be off the radar and, and just not be seen and go out and do our thing. But now we have clients that say, what are you guys doing? That's the first question they leave with. It's not, what are your capabilities? It's not, how, how quick can you get my job done? We're, we've got clients that will literally come in and start with, tell us about your sustainability efforts. Tell us about what you're doing in this community. Right, yeah. It's become more important. And, and even to the young workers that we're trying to recruit right now, they want to know. Yeah, very important to the, to the younger generation. And uh, rightfully so, I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, the, whether we like it whether, or not, whether we believe in certain things or not, societal issues end up, uh, you know, having an impact on, on business. And, um, I, you know, with the demographics, younger folks make decisions about where they buy, where they spend their money based on how environmentally responsible, how socially responsible. I didn't know about ESG two years ago. I've learned a lot about it. Um, regardless of where you stand politically, it, the, the living on the coast, I can tell you 100% for sure, the ocean is rising. <laughs> I see it. We used to have really good uh, flood tides a couple of times a year. Spring and fall, we have them pretty much throughout the year. Ask anyone who lives downtown Charleston. When it rains now, it floods. The water can't get out. The, it's, uh, it's, it's a real issue, and we have a responsibility to deal with it, um, you know, long term. And so we, we try to make sure what we're doing is responsible that way. Our equipment that we purchase needs to be tier six or better. Um, you know, in fact, it's required to be in some cases. Um, you know, the way, that, uh, the way that we conduct business, it's just even things down as small as, you know, having a recycling bin, just mm. minor, minor things, things we can do just to change our behaviors to, to leave a positive impact on our world. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Things we never thought about no. 20 years no, ago. No, and not this, at all. Um, let me, so you, you talked about uh, when we were spending some time together earlier, you talked a lot about culture. You've even mentioned it a couple of times during the podcast already. You guys are doing some things now to really uh, take control of that culture. Not it, It's been there. Uh, you're just really starting to hone in on it. And it, tell tell me about what you're doing there on the culture side. And why that's even important to you? Yeah, well, it, it may be the most important. Uh, people, good people, are really hard to find and keep. And, um, you know, it's people need to understand what you're about. And they need to, to, to really understand that and to be a, a relevant part of the organization. They need to really embrace it. Um, so you've got to, you've got to really um, have a clear vision about what's important to the company. And, and, you know, our core values haven't changed. Um, my predecessor did, did a wonderful job, and, and the Beach Company has done, you know, a wonderful job of setting the expectations of honesty, integrity, those kind of things. But, um, you know, what we really try to do at Gulfstream is to let's take that and put, turn it into a culture so that, um, you know, with, when we are estimating a project, when we have a conflict on a job, when, we, when different things, when, when someone um, – you know, acts in a certain way that it's known what the what the rules are and how and how how uh, what we expect um, and we expect excellence. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're not acting that way, then that that it 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 uh, in in a strange way kind of drives the organization. It it drives what you, your beliefs and it and um, you know it it's our code. The, the, some of the ways we're doing that are. 
not unique to Gulfstream at all, but, um, you know, more team-oriented uh, kind of. Well, for example, uh, most projects, certainly the larger projects, will involve uh, estimate, uh, project managers and estimating and vice versa. Uh, we'll have things where we look back on projects that didn't go as well as we liked and talk about lessons learned. Um, we'll bring the superintendents in to help with the bid process, um, you know, maybe go visit subcontractors on the job so that everyone's sort of tied into the, the project. When we, if we win it, people know what we're about, what we're trying to accomplish, and it's not the traditional, you know, hand it over the wall and take it and run with it kind of approach. It's more the, I know why we chose to do this and this is what we're doing and what if we tried it this way? And, and, and also, you know, um, you know, things, even silly things like, um, you know, just taking, taking time out to celebrate successes. Yeah. And to talk about things that didn't go as well. T just be honest. Talk about it. It's not a, it's not a curtain we need to hide behind. It's, it's, it's out there. It's us. It's our corporation, our company. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's funny thinking because I grew up in this business. You've been in it for a long time, but people outside of this industry, they hear us say things like that and talk about, yeah, you know, teamwork, communication, uh, just celebrating victories. Like, those are not radical concepts, right? <laughs> They've been around forever, like, but they have not been part of our industry. Yeah, we, we as an industry, and, and you know, I'm, I'm looking at myself again, you know, I'm trying to change this. We have not, in my opinion, done a very good job of getting our story out there. So I'm really appreciative of, of things like this, the podcast, where we have a chance to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, construction is a extremely rewarding career. If you love people and you love building things, this is for you. And uh, I'm, regardless of your background, really, it, it's fun. Are there challenges? Absolutely. Are there challenges in any other job? Absolutely. So it's, it is a, for someone who's willing to work and take initiative, there are amazing opportunities in construction. In any given day in my, in my job, I'm talking from anyone, you know, from a, someone who's just started with us to CEOs of large corporations. I mean, where else can you do that? Right. It, it's, a, it's an amazing business, and, uh, you know, the, the people are – there's a lot of good things to celebrate about construction. We just haven't done a good job, or I haven't at least, of, of, of doing that. And I think we need to get our story out there and let kids know who are thinking about getting into businesses. This can be a lot of fun and very rewarding. You just got to be ready to work. I, I don't think that's too much to ask. No, it's yeah. not. But the, the reward's there. Right. And it's it's not this dirty job that everyone thinks it is. It's I mean, you guys are operating with some of the best technology and equipment that there is uh, available. Yeah, the uh, you know you you you've seen it. You've got it. The uh, the new equipment is unbelievable. Yeah, and Bluetooth uh, air conditioning. You know, it's you don't want to get out of it. It's very comfortable. Yeah, that's better than some cars that we Absolutely. have. So and let me ask you this: You've been a part of hundreds of projects over the, your career there at Gulfstream. Is there one that stands out that you're just really proud of and say, man, that was awesome? Um, you know, I, I think one that really stands out and, and that we needed very badly at the time because we just got into recession was the uh, Highway 17 widening in Mount Pleasant. Uh, it was uh, ended up being around $65 million, which was, you know, bigger than anything we had done at that time. And I uh, kept basically, you know, seven of our crews busy for two years. That was clutch. And it was a team effort, and that's what is, you know, was really exciting about that. We had several estimators. We had you know, all these project managers who didn't have work to do 
were in with estimating. It was really a team effort. And um, so that was very satisfying, very tough job. Um, you know, just, you know, not much money on the job. It was that just that time during the recession, um, you know, and some a uh, lot of technically challenging things. Um, and um, just that those sort of challenges that, that come with doing uh, – with construction, but but very rewarding in the end, and that the public got to benefit immediately from it. You know that um, if you haven't been to Mount Pleasant in Charleston, uh, it was two lanes north and south, and it was very congested. It would take you know thirty minutes to an hour at least to get from North Mount Pleasant to to the bridge to go downtown, and all of a sudden we had you know fifty percent more capacity overnight. It seems like so that was very rewarding, very challenging also. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love how you're, you know, I ask you to name the one that stands out to you the most, and it's not the one that made the most money. No. It's, no. Uh, it's the one that brought your team together. It's the one that showed you what you were capable of doing and the one that was embraced probably the most by the community there. So. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It was very visible, and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was the uh, hitting the grand slam in the bottom of the ninth or something, right? I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, all right, so this is the part where we ask you to give us the dirt a little bit. Um, some young listeners out there that are listening to you right now uh, that would love to have the career path that you've had. According to Mark, what is the, uh, six, the secret to success in the construction industry? It's, it's, there really is no secret. I think the, the right mix for that is to do the right thing all the time. Um, if you do the right thing all the time, and that, that can be applied so many ways what I'm talking about is when when you first get the pro when you first come to work with ABC construction someone asks you to do something do that job to the best of your ability if you do that every day you'll end up on top great advice great advice uh, uh, speaking of advice there let's say there's uh, this kid you know a kid's getting ready to come out of high school or you've got a young engineer getting ready to graduate from NC State what advice would you give them 20-plus years later? What, what advice would you give them? What advice do you wish someone had given you when you started? Oh, uh, well, I'd say don't sweat the small stuff, right? <laughs> I spend a lot of time, uh, um, you know, worrying about things I, I probably shouldn't have been worried about as much, you know. And I suppose some of that uh, it just comes with experience, Um but you really have to think about, like, how, how does this fit your personal core value? How does it fit the company's core value, your mission? And does it matter five years from now? <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't matter five years from now and it fits all your do, – do, be yourself and, and do what's right, and um, it'll work out. You're going to have conflict. You're going to go through these things. It's not the end of the world. It's not unique to you. Just work your way through it. Do the right thing. And and uh, it, it'll work out. Great advice, but such hard advice for somebody young to take. That's yeah. the last thing you want to hear is just be patient. It's going to come. It's going to happen. Like all of us were in that situation. And I, I love your your point there, too. Not everything is a big deal. Yeah. But when you're, when you're 20 years old, it is. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we, we've got a great team at Goldstream, as, as, as you guys do as well. And, um, you know, you can't really, even though I may tell someone that's not a big deal, it's, you don't really understand it till you understand it. And 
<laughs> even though that I could tell, give someone that advice, you really have to live it. You um, do. But, but just I had to live it. Yeah, I was the same way. Yeah, you just you, you just you just keep swinging. Yeah, you know yeah. that comes with time. It comes with experience. But you you do get there eventually, and you realize, okay, I know I know what Mark was telling me now. Yeah, funny story, but it, you know, it took me like a fifteen years to figure out. Don't send emails late at night, <laughs> right? You can you can draft it, and have it sitting there. But you know, maybe even put the put the clock on where it won't let you send emails between ten p.m. and six a.m. or something. But let it let it let it sit for a minute, sleep, get up, think about it. Did you really? Is that what you really meant to say? Read it again. Read it again. And then delete it. Yeah, and then delete it. That's right. And 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 then uh, think about it another way to <laughs> to say it. It's a little more, maybe a little less controversial. That's some great advice too. Yeah. That's great. Well, tell us. So, what's next for Gulfstream? What can we look for? Oh boy, uh, you know we we have been so blessed um, in, in just in our market and, and beyond. And um, you know Savannah has has been a has been a new venture for us and um, very close knit market like like Charleston. And you know we are um, starting to have started to tear down that barrier a little bit. Um, and you know just uh, having some success there that that's an area that I think we did a lot of growth. Um, you know, naturally Charleston will, we feel like will continue to grow. Um, you know, we have been able to really forge even closer relationships, um, uh, through the, through the past, um, you know, this, since the recession, um, you know, we, we all kind of gained a different perspective. I think those of us who went through the recession and, you know, through the through the good and the bad, you, you sort of you learn a lot of things, and it, um, you know, those relationships are really have really come to fruition since. Um, we also have uh, started Gulfstream Environmental, and um, really that is, uh, you know, going back to the uh, sustainability and those sorts of things. You know, we are we're looking at a variety of things. Uh, you know, we we have done in our portfolio already environmental cleanup and. Um, you know, inevitably, if you work downtown Charleston, you're going to encounter some, some, uh, different, different things, contaminated groundwater, contaminated soils and those sorts of things. Uh, of course, stormwater retention, detentions is, has been a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but also looking beyond that a little, uh, into things like, um, uh, we've done two facilities that are, uh, basically a waste, uh, diversion one in Berkeley County, one in North Charleston, where they're taking municipal waste and taking out recyclable components of that and uh, diverting that to, you know, a different stream. Excuse me. And um, so that's that's been a part of it. And most recently, um, we are looking at building anaerobic digesters. What uh, is that? Yeah, too many, too many, too many letters, right? Yeah, that's what I said. But uh, it's actually, uh, you know, capturing methane gas to turn into to uh, renewable natural gas uh, working with uh, uh, you know uh, uh, hog farmers in, in uh, North Carolina uh, but we kind of learned about it through uh, through other venues as particularly with uh, uh, dairy cows the the manure that they produce and the process produces uh, a, a, a natural, if once refined, a natural gas that is indistinguishable from carbon fuel. So, th- you know, those are things, opportunities that we see coming long term that, you know, th- these things are going to happen 
it, it's just a matter of whether or not we take an active part in, in doing it, right? <laughs> and we that want, is incredible and so interesting. Yeah. So you guys, I mean, I love the diversification of that too. You yeah. know, it's not all uh, businesses that directly uh, help you in the construction space. I mean, you guys are, are branching off into other areas that you see uh, being impactful in yeah. your community. Yeah, we see long-term uh, opportunity there. It's, yeah. it's probably, uh, we believe, as is, is recession-proof as re- recession-proof can be, right? And, and it's the right thing. <laughs> All right, we're going to finish up, and I'm going to call Brian and tell him we need to buy an anaerobic digester. Hey, there you go. <laughs> He's, that'll blow his mind. He'll say, you have been smoking. So, <laughs> Hey, um, Martin, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for uh, just taking time to come up here to talk to us. I'm inspired by what you guys are doing down there. You have an uh, incredible reputation in that market. But one of the things I've enjoyed getting to see from you is just the authenticity and uh, your character and your sense of purpose uh, for what you're doing and why you're doing it. And if I'm one of your team members and I'm part of the Gulfstream construction team, I am, uh, I'm very confident that we have the right leader in place to get us to where we want to go and to, to help us achieve our goals. So hats off to you for what you're doing. Uh, I'm sure all of your team members that are listening to this will be extremely proud. Well, thank you. And uh, I feel the same about you and your organization. Uh, just an amazing job you guys are doing. And I'll say that uh, the success of Goldstream isn't a direct correlation of, of me. It's our people. And, yeah. and our guys in the field are, are top notch. I can't say enough about them. Our guys in the office, uh, just super proud to be part of the team. And, you know, I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, I feel like. Mm. So. That's great. Yeah, it is. It's all about the people, but it starts with the leadership. So you got to, I know you won't do it, but you got to take some credit. So, Mark, <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for spending some time with us and giving us the dirt. Yeah, thank you. Honor. Thank you for listening to this episode of Give Us the Dirt. Our podcast is powered by Hoopa Grading Company in Charlotte, North Carolina, and produced by Well Run Media and Marketing. Visit our website at giveusthedirtpodcast.com and subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Google so you never miss an episode. 